Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I know, I've been very sporadic with my podcast lately and I am so sorry. We were just trying to find the good work-life podcast balance around here and unfortunately podcast took the back seat of that, um, but I'm sure you understand. Um, just trying to keep family first in all that we do and centered around our um, our godly studies and so just trying to make sure that we have our priorities in line you know how that goes so I'm here today to tell you what I am learning firsthand yet again about what God says about fools I have been wanting to quote a lot of proverbs to a particular child of mine lately regarding this situation. So I am going to be pulling a lot of scripture out of Proverbs today, and uh, I hope that it is useful to you. It is definitely useful to me, and uh, let's get into it, guys. Let's talk about what God says about fools. Are you tired of social media posts that boast the perfect family? Has it ever made you question what you are doing wrong? Have you ever questioned why God would entrust you to raise another human, let alone two or more? Well, my friend, you are in the right place. I'm here to assure you that God does not make mistakes. You are the parent of your children on purpose. That's right, you, in all your imperfection, I want to encourage you that with God's help, you can parent your kids exactly how they need. Sure, you'll make mistakes along the way, but we have God's grace to fill in our gaps, and He's just waiting to lift you up and help you out. So join me today as we partner with God in our parenting journeys for an uplifting message of hope. But don't forget to say hi to God first. He loves you and is waiting for you to hang out with Him each day. Ready? Let's go. Well, I have said this a lot, and unfortunately, it is as true today as it was 12 and a half years ago. Well, let's, you know what? Let's give it some grace, maybe 10 years ago. But I would say that as soon as possible, one of my children, who shall remain nameless, but will know if she ever listens to this, who I'm talking about, it her mouth has always been her biggest strength and her biggest weakness. Yes, it is both. Absolutely. She is strong and smart and kind and as loving as they come. And her mouth is beautiful because she can speak the most beautiful ideas, the most beautiful papers when she's writing a paper. And she can lift you up with the best words. She is so encouraging to her friends and family when they are in need of it. She is amazing and creative and talented with her words. However, (laughs) a lot of times she forgets herself and um, doesn't stop to think before opening said mouth and using those words and does not, you know, make the best choices with either her words or what she says or how she says it. 
I'm often telling her, you know, it's not even what you said. It's the way you delivered it. It's how you said it. You really need to consider what's behind your words. What's your motivation? Who are you serving when you're saying things? What is your plan? Are you being loving? I used to use the acronym with her, THINK. And let me see if I can remember all of them. T is for true. So it's think before you speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it important? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Now, I still actually use that sometimes with her, but I know that she knows the acronym now. So she doesn't even let me get through the whole thing. And she'd be like, I know it wasn't this or it wasn't kind or it wasn't important or it wasn't necessary. It wasn't helpful. Or she'll pick out whichever one. And I still, that still holds true today. And it actually is pretty rooted well in the Bible. I mean, God speaks to all these things. When we're using our words, we are to be encouragers. We are to be loving, to speak the truth in love, he says. It's not about just speaking the truth. Because if we're yelling scripture at somebody to try to, to anger them or guilt trip them into believing, that's not going to work. <laughs> but lately, man, that child, I love her. But her mouth is really getting away from her lately. And she doesn't seem to remember that she can say things differently. And a lot of times it's when I am trying to teach her. Do you guys have someone like that? Do you have a kid like that? Who uh, maybe they're not going through it now, but maybe at some point they have. Or maybe it was you when you were a kid. Or maybe it was you yesterday. (laughs) We all go through those times when our emotions... And our fleshly desires get the better of our wisdom. Or maybe we just haven't reached that stage of wisdom yet. I know my my child just hasn't. Because if she had, we wouldn't be having this conversation via podcast right now. I think the best way to explain her current circumstances is to use Proverbs 18 verse 7, which says, A fool's mouth is his ruin. And his lips are a snare to his soul. That's a big deal, being a snare to the soul. Think about it. Our soul, that's where, that's where the Holy Spirit lives. We have the soul. And to snare it, to hold it back, to not let it be in the forefront of all that we're doing, to be the motivation behind what we do and what we say, that's not a good thing, guys. That's not. And so we have to consider this very thing. Do I want my mouth to be the reason I am not living in the spirit and that I am not sharing God's love through action, through deed? Am I, am I, am I the one that's going to be the reason somebody else doesn't trust God because they see how I live and how I walk and how it's not the best example of how God wants us to live. Not that we're perfect because we're human. Some people just don't get that and they're going to hate us no matter what. And that's the way that is. God already, you know, made that clear in the Bible several times. But Jesus was hated first. So, you know, we're in good company because I want to be with Jesus. But I will tell you, she probably gets this from me because I am, have always been very mouthy. I've grown up and I've matured, so I'm not like that so much anymore. I can hold my tongue, uh, but honestly, I still put my foot in my mouth 
plenty of times. And lately it's been with her because she just, you know, triggers me. And uh, she's been doing it a lot so often that she's been wearing me down, my friends. Oh, it can be exhausting trying to hold it all in, can it? Oh, I know it sounds super immature of me that sometimes I just lose it. And I know I'm not alone. I know that I'm in good company, dear listener. But it still, I hate it. I don't like when I lose it because then I feel like her. I feel like the fool that lets my emotions in my mouth go before my brain and my heart and before my spirit. It's a very fleshly, ugh, just, it's awful. I hate it. So anyway, <laughs> I'm sure you understand what I'm saying, but I just, I look at Proverbs. Okay. And I just think, okay, is my child ever going to not be the fool again? I know that's dramatic. And I know that that's the devil trying to make me think that. And I refuse to accept that she's, she's, she's very young. She is lots of years ahead of her. If, if God can reach my heart and do a huge work in me, and my mouth, <laughs> then there's no reason he can't do that for her. I'm not going to put limits on him. I know what he can do. I, I actually don't know all he can do because there's no limit. And I haven't seen it all. But I have seen some incredibly impressive things, which eventually I might get into on a podcast episode. But for now, we're going to talk about the mouth. And um, so anyway... A lot of times, in fact, most of the time lately, it's been during instruction time. It's been either me literally teaching her when we're doing our, our, our school day and I'm trying to teach her something and she immediately shuts down and not even shuts down, but shuts me off. Like, I know, or I've got this, or I don't need help. I'm figuring it out, and which is not usually true, but she just shuts me down and I just have to remind her, listen. Oh, my goodness, my child. Oh, okay. Oh, there's so many Proverbs, you guys. It's incredible. <laughs> I had one I was going to say, and now I don't remember which one it was. But regardless, fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, uh, that's Proverbs 1, verse 7. Look at that. It's in the first proverb because God knows that we are going to be fools. So the whole thing is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I'm sure a lot of you know that one. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And my child's not going to go off and say, I hate learning. Um, because that's not fully true. But in her mind, she might think, I don't like hearing when mom lectures me about something. That is probably very true. However, how is she going to learn certain things unless me, her teacher takes the time to teach them. And so I'm not giving up. I'm not going to let her mouth be my snare. I'm not going to let her mouth and her 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 uh, foolish attitude shut me down because because it just feels like I'm a repeat, you know, a, um, a record repeating myself. Have you ever felt that way with your kids, you know, and not not even just with their mouth, but generally speaking, we that's a part of parenting is hearing ourselves talk over and over and over again. Sometimes, and most of the time, without a response from our child or children. And oftentimes, without any actual action to back it up on their end. And it's super frustrating. And it's easy to just give up. And I will totally admit, I get to a point where I'm like, I'm just so done with this. I just, I have to give it a break because I am just feel like I'm going in circles. 
but it's worth pushing through that, right? Because there is fruit on the other side of that because eventually said child, something will sink in and eventually God will reach their hearts in particularly in this case, my child's heart and something will line up. She'll hear God's voice or she'll see something that will trigger. But the Holy Spirit, I know he's working in her because it says in the Bible that he is. It's a promise. God is doing a good work in her. He has already begun a good work in her, okay? And it's still going on. He's done a good work in me and I'm still a work in progress. We are all works in progress, no matter how old we are. But if we've got God living within us, then there's hope always. This, He's already doing doing things and we can't see. Remember when, when your kids are going through growth spurts and they're so hungry all the time or they're so tired so often, they're sleeping more, they're eating more, they, they probably have quite an attitude because of all these things going on that they can't control. There's all this stuff going on. Their body's changing and it's getting bigger and stronger and better. Well, that's kind of like how God's working in us, right? He's working in us. He's working in our kids. And we can't see it necessarily right away when the work is being done and it's exhausting and it can be hard and we can have a bad attitude about it. So see, it's not just our kids. It can be us too. Depending on what he's using as tools to work us through things because things can be really hard. You know, the we were promised that we are going to go through hard things. But God's working in us. He's working in our kids. And if we can keep that perspective, when that mouth won't stop with the attitude, when that mouth continually tells us that they don't need us, even though we know they do, when that pride pours out of their lips, and we know what's going on because we know the truth and the of the word, we know what God says about a fool in his mouth. We can trust God because no matter what, God is working and God is in control of the situation. And when we're at our wits end, what do we need to do? We just need to go to him and say, listen, Lord, this is really hard. I need your help here. Or I know, or just tell him you trust him and praise him for the work he's doing, even though it's hard. And ask him for patience or self-control or guidance, wisdom, whatever it is you feel led to pray about in the moment. But God is working, guys. We can trust that he is working through whatever that is. And these these days, he better be <laughs> for me. No, I know he is because to me, it's a sign of good things. It, it hurts and it's hard, but I've not been improved by God in any easy way yet. I don't know about you. Not that everything's been a massive struggle and extreme, but even the little things, they're, they're not always easy. To, if it's worth the change and it's worth me becoming more like Jesus, it's worth the pain and the struggle and the frustration. Or sometimes it's just waiting. Maybe it's not painful. Maybe it's not a struggle. Maybe it's just patience we need. Maybe we just are waiting. 
It's worth the wait. It's worth all of that stuff because God is good. It's funny in our culture, we use the word good as a very basic term, right? It's the opposite of bad. But then we have other adjectives that are different levels of good, right? We've got stupendous, magnificent, incredible. Um, oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, I can't even think of any. There's so many. <laughs> Amazing, pleasant. How about this one? Ready? Fine. <laughs> Depends on how you use it, right? <laughs> we joke with said daughter. She, uh, We quote her a lot because a lot of times she'd be like, I'm fine. <laughs> she's probably going to hate me for saying that to you, but I already said it. So there it is. But there's, there's so many adjectives for the word good, right? But God uses the word good in the Bible. He calls us good. He calls the work that he's doing in us good. He called all of creation good. And in fact, when he made us, he called us what? Very good. He called us very good. We're not just good. We're very good. We're not perfect, but we're very good. Hey, all right. Very good. I'll take it. A lot of people think, well, good is just good. You know, when you take that, that's that if you have to put something on a 10 point scale from one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the best. Well, a lot of people don't think of the word good as being synonymous with best. But you know, in God's world, good is, I'll take it. Good. I think good is the standard for God. Good. God is good. And he's perfect. And he's eternal. And he's a, he's brilliant. I mean, he's the most brilliant being in the world, right? He knows everything. So if God is good, why isn't the word good good enough for us? <laughs> See what I did there? It should be good for us because that's what he calls us. And if God is good and he called us very good, well, we're made in his image. So we must be. I love that. Now, how did I get on this tangent, you might ask? Well, correction is good. Uh, and we may be foolish as we're going through it. My daughter is being very foolish right now. But I'm continually pouring the truth into her, reminding her of God's correction, reminding her that God speaks about these situations because he knows we're going to go through them. And she can trust him that he sees her. I want her to know that he sees her. And not just because I want to be like, God's watching you. You should be doing everything as if God's watching you. And it's true. We should be doing everything as if unto the glory of God, right? We should be working as if unto, as if he's our boss, right? We should, be, we should be living our lives as if everything we do is for him because it is. But I'm not using it. I'm not using scripture in that way right now. I'm using it with her to under, for her to understand God sees her. He cares about her. He loves her. Even though she's sinning, he still loves her. He wants her to repent. He wants her to get better. He's doing a work in her. I know he is. And eventually, she'll see it. And things will get better. And she'll start maturing in that way. I've seen it in other things in her. Other attributes. And my other daughter too. So much good work has been done in that child. And she's delightful. I'm not saying I want my kids perfect because there's no such thing. But I want them to love the Lord. 
I want them to grow to a level of spiritual maturity where they can accept God's correction. They will trust in his wisdom and they will grow towards it. They will improve. They'll be refined. They'll be able to handle the waiting. They'll be able to trust him in the suffering. I want that for them. And so I continue to pour scripture into them and love them and pray for and pray with them. And even though my youngest might complain about Bible study sometimes, because really for her, it's just the physical writing. It's not even about reading God's word, but a lot of times she feels like I already get this concept. I don't feel like I have to study it anymore. And I'm like, I know you do, but we're going to do it anyway, because you never know what God's going to reveal and how he's going to use us today. He might have a new point for each of us to learn today. And if we ignore that, well, then we're ignoring God. And it's just a great way to spend time with him anyway. So that's where I'm at today. That's that's my little uh, slice of heaven over here. Me and my, my cute little fool. So it's like one big fool hanging out with another little, little fool. A household full of fools. But hopefully we are all growing more spiritually mature. And opening our hearts towards God and his wisdom. I know if I don't do that, I'll go crazy. So I pray that you also would know that he is doing a good work in you and he's doing good work in your children. He's doing good work in your house. If you trust him, if you believe in him, if you let him, he will. And if you need to pray for things in the midst of all that, he can handle that. Volley up your prayers to him. He hears you. He sees you and he sees each of your children. He sees where they're at. He knows where they're going. He knows everything about them and he loves them anyway. And he loves you, mom and dad. He loves you. And you're doing a good job. So keep it up. He gave you those kids for a reason. There's no mistake. He does not make them. So love them. Give them a little squish. Love them so much. And continue to pour out God's truth into their hearts and that correction will stick. It may not be perfect and it may not be the way you expect it to, but God knows and he will use it and he will work in them. So trust in God, lean on him and know that he loves you and he loves your kids and that God's got this. Have an amazing week, you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I am so glad that you joined us today. This is so much fun to be able to encourage you and remind you that God loves you and wants to partner with you in your parenting journey. Remember, he made you the parent of your kids on purpose. If you like this episode, please, please take time to rate and review it so that other people can find this podcast as well. I'd really appreciate it. And I think so would other people who get to be blessed by this. And share it with friends and family that you think it would bless too. Let's spread the word and let people know that God loves them and wants to be with them each and every day in their parenting journey. Thanks for stopping by and I hope you join us next week.